Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host Kelly Priest, and in this episode I'm going to be talking to another of our postgraduate researchers, Tracy Warren. So Tracy contacted me after we released an episode of our doctoral college podcast Beyond Your Research Degree where I talked to James Alsop who was a self-funded postgraduate research student and is now working as a secondary school teacher. Tracy got in contact because she was pleased to hear the experiences and the challenges of being a self-funded student articulated in this way. And so we decided we'd record an episode of the podcast about her experience of being not only a self-funded but international postgraduate research student. So Tracy, are you happy to introduce yourself? Okay, my name's Tracy Warren. Um, I'm a a self-funded international research student on the EdD programme, which is a bit of a mouthful. I sometimes have to remember which part of that sentence to remember. Um, So um, I'm self-funded, which means that I pay for it myself. Um, I'm an international student, although you can probably tell I'm one British, but the main reason I'm an international student is because I lived abroad for quite a long time. And when I started this research degree, I was living in the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, and uh, hence why I'm classed as an international student. Um, why the EdD and why research program? Well, um, oof, that's a, that'll probably take up a lot of the time, but um, yes, it's something that has been on my mind for quite a long time. I'd say about 15, 20 years. So it's been something that's been part of at the back of my mind, thinking about doing whilst I've been having my very busy career. And 15 years ago, or thereabouts, I actually had an offer to do research at Manchester. And then life comes along and a whammy. So um, I put it to one side and uh, life carried on. And then in 2016, I decided, you know what? I need to revisit this. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yes, uh, at the grand old age of, I think at the time, 52, I decided that this is something I needed to take up before I got too long in a tooth. Why a research degree? Because um, uh, I've had a lot of experience in education, management, leadership, special needs, inclusion, international, UK, that I just thought that I could bring something to um, the wider audience. And that's why I wanted to do something in research. At the time, I thought I knew what I wanted to do, but obviously as time's gone on, it has uh, become much more narrow. And I'm in the fourth year. So it's been quite a long journey for me. So so for two years, I was at Exeter for February and then the summer. So it's been quite, a lengthy journey, but one that's um, 
not only being challenging, but also completely interesting and totally absorbing. That's fantastic. What an introduction. Um, So you've spoken a little bit about why you wanted to do the research degree, but I wondered if you could talk about the other side of that, which is not just the decision to do the research degree, but to fund it yourself. Well, uh, the self-funding was a no-brainer, really. Um, Living abroad meant that I had very little in the way of access to... um, opportunities for funding so not even the company that I worked for would have even considered that I mean we are talking of when I think I first started out it was about seven and a half thousand pounds a year and then it's risen to about nine and a half so it's a lot of money and therefore the decision to go down this path I knew that I'm a complete finisher So therefore I knew that I would get there, but the decision to actually go down the route of doing a research degree at that level of funding requirement, I sort of knew that by the end of it with flights, with travel, with accommodation, we are talking of over four to five years of an investment, and that's the word I would use, of about 50,000 pounds, which is a heck of a lot of money. And um, it was something that I knew from the start and it's only now just becoming challenging because obviously I'm going to approach a fifth year. So the rationale was very, very clear. The reasoning for going self-funding was very clear that I had no alternative, but also I knew that I, I had to work to actually find that funding myself. So I did work full time for the first three years, as well as juggling everything else that I was required to do for the, for the course. So that was, that was a leadership director position and trying to juggle uh, a research part-time degree. So let's just pick up on that a minute. What is it like to undergo that juggling act of a full-time job and a part-time research degree? Uh, you have to be very organized um, and also almost blinkered because, for example, um, I also commuted between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, which took out three hours a day minimum. So during the working week, it was very much blinkered work. And then at weekends, it was very much focusing on I've got two days. This is how many hours a week I could do. So it was being very organized about my timing um, and planning well ahead, like I'd write an action plan. Um, and also I had very little in the way of holidays. Living abroad is very different. You have very different um, terms and conditions to your employment so I was only entitled to 22 days leave a year so even coming back to Exeter for the requirement for I think it's February stroke March like a two-day weekend and then the summer school that was part of my leave so for the first two years it was hard work knowing full well I had very little in the way of holiday so being very well organized well planned um focus was the only way to get through it 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 was tough the first 
first few years. Yeah, it's incredibly tough. And the level of dedication it takes to undertake a research degree under any circumstances is huge. But to do that whilst working full time and knowing full well that you're you're giving up your free time, you're giving up your holidays, it's colossal. But I think that's that's um, a level of um, not just focus, but eagerness to to make that leap. Um, because I also had a lot of backing, you know, like my husband was, has been amazing because it meant, um, uh, me spending a lot of time in my study. Um, so that in itself was, um, a big decision at the start that we knew that I'd have to give up a lot of time. So the big holidays that we'd have, we reduced, (laughs) Uh, and the time going out at weekends was reduced. So there was um, like a, a, not a written, like a, not a, a code, but we had the understanding that it was for a very short period of time and that so long as I was clear and dedicated that I could get through it with the support of my husband and my family. Absolutely. And a lot of the rhetoric around being a part-time student is that it's not just an individual commitment. No, you have to have a level of support. Like, for example, um, there were times when I had to get assignments in that it was all day, all nighters, and he'd throw food in through the study window, you know, door, like he or his food. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's the level of support you've got behind you that, that helps. Um, I know I, I couldn't have got to this stage um, without that level of support. What's it like being an international student? What is it like studying at what is a very considerable distance from the university there's two things really because i have relocated back to uk um and september the 30th of last year so i've got two perspectives so as an international student i think up to and i'd say up to almost covid i would say it's quite disembodied i felt um very much part of Exeter and being a a student when I was there um, especially during those uh, spring uh, and summer schools I found them great because it was that opportunity to connect with like-minded people academics with my tutors my supervisor and therefore it was it was quite it was quite absorbing being there during those times and all embracing because you met others in your cohort um, and mixed with other people from different cohorts and different groupings. So it was an amazing experience, but very uh, disembodied, I'd say, because you'd fly in or I would fly in as an international student, um, arrive, check in, throw my stuff into my room and start reading and preparing. So those times are really great because I found as if I was part of the university. When I was away, there was a little bit of disconnect and I found that quite challenging because I actually quite like a spark with people. Um, I like that engagement. So I had to then think about how I was actually going to gain that 
so um a group of us actually did like a whatsapp group and and um supported each other through the first couple of years so that was nice because we actually kept in contact but as an international student it part-time and living abroad there is that little bit of a disconnect and i will then talk about what's happened recently because i i would be constantly send emails about what's happening at uh, uae and uh, oh, i'd be really fascinated oh i really want to join in and listen to that or i'd love to be there during that time or there will be some course that would be really useful and when i'd ask for perhaps it could be put online or whether it could be recorded that wasn't possible at that time which was uh, i'll say disappointing um and uh, disheartening but i'll say since covid it's amazing what's happened i feel as if now though the opportunity has been embraced by exeter and i feel that now they've recognized that the use of virtual online training access is possible and i feel much more part of the university now more than i had before because there's a lot more happening um, through zoom through teams so you, there's much more engagement online and a good one i think is how we got in touch was the shut up and write sessions i was fascinated i was like oh okay i'd love that but since they've gone online i have actually been intending i think for the last five six weeks and to me that has really helped with my writing really helped with engagement with other students and understanding that i'm not the only one i'm not actually alone uh, there's other people struggling as well and sharing those successes as well even if they're small uh, those type of sessions have been great the fact that they're now online and i can access them so i think there's almost been like a journey for exeter and for me as well as um, a distant international student because i had to find a way of being engaged motivated and i think covid has been very um upsetting about what's been happening in the world and and for certain people it's been really um distressing but there's also been another side of seeing what opportunities have happened and taking those and it's been amazing to see what's happened with the university about it now going much more online and giving greater, greater access to people like me. So I wonder what have the other challenges been for you as a part-time international self-funded student? We've talked about access to on-campus support, but, but what else? What else has been a real challenge or a barrier to you? That's quite tricky because I always try and turn things around. I, I've talked about the negative and I'm not one that always harps on the negative. I always try and find positives. I think if you've got, if you are doing a research degree or a degree part time with, you have to be well organized and planned. Um, I think the best thing was actually being provided with all the dates of assignments so I could put them in my calendar and I'm a very electronic person anyhow so I had all of that down I had all my dates um, 
it is about being organized and about developing that uh, developing a rapport with the other students in your group also with your supervisors i think that was crucial for me especially over the last two years whilst i'm in thesis stage um, developing that rapport has been crucial because there's times where i've been like bram you know I, i've got to write reports for my ceo um, and having that relationship to be able to say i need that space but also for my supervisor to say yeah but Tracy you know you've still got to keep within the target dates and the, and time scales and for them to understand that you're in a different uh, you have different priorities so it's those priorities um, ebb and flow so for example I knew that I needed to get an assignment done so work didn't just uh, take a pack back seat it rolled along but I was able to change my priorities during that period of time so it's it's looking at your priorities being action planning being well organized um, uh, knowing the library really well um, yeah uh, I'm a great reader and organizing not just your time but organizing your files that was something that I learned from doing uh, an open university course was that you know to get your literature sorted out very quickly and a system for that so I think that's for any student but for me it was very much so I could find it very quickly was organizing my literature organizing my filing so that I could get, gain it easily so yeah and being very um, adept so for example I'm talking about I love to learn, so like YouTubing, um, I've had to do use in vivo this during my thesis. So I'm adept at looking at um, courses online to check out how to use things. So I'm it being being self disciplined as well as self reliant, and um, that's part of being a researcher. I think is actually eagerness to learn. And therefore, if you've got a problem, how to work around it. And I think that's those are the key things I've had to do. Be independent, self-reliant and a problem solver. OK, so imagine for me that there's another Tracy out there who's about to embark on a research degree in EDD. And they're going to be they're thinking about doing it part time and as an international student and funding it themselves. What advice? would you give them before they started? Um, I knew it would be tough, but actually the, the part that's been the toughest is the writing up the thesis. Uh, I'm used to writing. I had to write reports for various people, thousands of words. That has never been a problem, but writing this thesis up has been the, the biggest challenge. Whether it's the, a case of the blank screen, I'm not sure. But I am now, I'd say, two thirds through. I think if it was the advice to myself would be, think about the writing beforehand. Um, okay, I'd taken a lot of time preparing all the data, collecting it, analyzing it but I really hadn't anticipated how challenging this writing had been. 
so I think if I'd have known that my my the advice myself would be to go read many more uh, eddies that had been published to go and have a look at some, some of those before I started writing um, so that's one of the things I think also that the old adage of it's a, a marathon not a sprint that's never been me <laughs> I'm such a, a goal orientated person I was like yeah I could do this I can do this but actually that has been one probably one of the best things that I've had to remind myself of especially the last couple of months because I have found found the writing since about March and I think some of COVID has impacted on me so I think keep reminding myself that actually you're in for this for the for the long term so even if you only write 100 words a day just do it I think for me that was the best thing was keeping myself motivated and always give myself some space I think those were the things that if I had to give myself that advice four years ago that's what it would be and be kinder to myself I think sometimes we're not I, I, I think sometimes we're not we might be kinder to others but we're not always kind kind to ourselves that's a really poignant piece of advice and I think so if that's what you'd if that's what you'd say to Tracy, what would you say to universities? What do they need to think about more in terms of the lived experience of being a part-time international self-funded student? Um, for me, I think the university needed needed to engage much more with their, their international students, not just send an email saying, oh, there's these courses going on at, at the student, at the, there's this uh, seminar, there's, I just felt, yeah, okay, but that actually doesn't help me. And I feel that they have, they are making those changes. And I feel sad that it's taken some, some of it has taken a pandemic for it to make that big change. Yeah, I, I completely get that. But I think like you, I'm, I try and see the positives and, and I felt really, um, really energised by some of the shifts and changes that have come about lately because of the pandemic and, and the shift online. And it's like, so it's like when you're thinking about accessibility and inclusion, you don't make things accessible. You don't think about inclusivity just to support the needs of one person. You do it because actually providing things in multiple formats, in multiple kinds of engagement, it benefits the entire community. It benefits everybody, not just that individual person with specific needs. Oh, you said it so beautifully. Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's about inclusivity because that is actually part of my research is about inclusion. Um, and to me, when I've been doing uh, going through the process of the thesis and the writing, some of it was quite poignant, and it was a bit oh, that's how I actually feel. And uh, and being part of something, and that's why I said the, the key words to me were about engaging feeling a part of something and therefore that helps you with motivation um, and inclusivity or diversity that it's amazing the world out there and the university has the opportunity to engage much more with international students which will then increase their diversity of ideas 
and that in itself is is worthwhile because there's uh, a lot happening out in the world and it's just shame that there is a blinkered view or there has been because there's some amazing research there's some amazing ideas but it's sad that it's it, it it's inward looking and i feel that that engagement participation and idea of opening out and being much more inclusive would gather these ideas and and increase participation by international students and i think what we've seen with the shut up and write sessions is actually it doesn't need to be anything particularly complicated oh absolutely I, I love watching and seeing where everybody is and I can see the same, the, um, same group, core group comes in. And that's great because that's, that's probably the, the stage you're at. I mean, certainly for me, it's very, right, so between 9 and 12, I'm going to do this. And that's great. It helps to organise your day if you're that type of person and it helps you to focus. But not only that, it also helps you to feel part of a community. And that's why I talk about engagement and participation. You need to feel part of a community the community of Exeter and that that should be what the, the the university should be about of making people feel part of that community community of learners thanks so much to Tracy for taking the time to talk to me and for making some really um really powerful and salient points about about kindness to yourself um, but also that importance of community of learners and that seemed to be something that that kept coming through about the challenges of being that international part-time self-funded student is how you engage with and how you develop that sense of community. I was also really really interested to hear her talk about the disembodied nature of being an international student, um, particularly as somebody that used to research embodiment in, in a digital world. So that's something that to me sounds like a challenge and, um, and one I'm going to think a lot more about, about how we can bring embodiment back into the virtual world, into the online training that we do. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe. And join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between.